Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox Post Game Show. Presented by PointsBet, use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm the host of the CHGO White Sox Post Game Show, Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's a CHGO White Sox community leader. Vinny Duber will be joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field in about mm, 20 minutes or so. We are here joining you after a White Sox win. The White Sox win 4-1. to one. They win their 51st game of the year. They improve to 51-50. and 50. Herb, how do you feel? Good that they won the game, but still concerned that they can't hit people like Adam Aller. It wasn't a great game for the offense, but you have the best pitcher in baseball going to the bump for you. You're going to get a win more times than not, and Dylan Cease is still a beast. It's all good. Amen. Dylan Cease continues his tear, and let's talk about the good first. We'll go to Dylan Cease and his start. Uh, first off, let's get into the stuff that annoys us, or maybe not annoys us, but uh, the, the discussion that is only left here is, should he pitch more? Um, pitches six innings today, and honestly, I thought he could have gone out for a seventh. I was surprised to see him get pulled and Joe Kelly come in. Dylan Cease went six innings today, giving up one earned run off of a solo home run. He allowed four hits. One walk and seven strikeouts. Aller, as you mentioned, uh, surprisingly going six and one-third, allowing four earned runs, seven hits, no walks, and six Ks. Um, but Dylan was dominant again. He did have that one solo homer, but what did you see from Dylan? Saw just dominance again. He knows that his slider is untouchable if he gets it where he needs to, it to be. He featured that more, of course, th- again, more than his forcing fastball. So he knows that the slider is bread and butter. It is the most effective and most deadly pitcher pitch in Major League Baseball this season. And we got some stats that we'll get and introduce to you a little bit later. But he's on a historic run right now in his last 12 starts. He's having one of the best 12-start uh, increments in the history of the game. So enjoy what Dylan Cease is doing for the White Sox right now. If we didn't have him today, if this is uh, Lucas Giolito, if this is Lance Lynn, hell, sometimes it might be Michael Kopech. This might be a loss. Luckily, we have number 84 out there throwing fucking, <laughs> like, the best stuff in, the, in baseball. I just love watching him pitch. And so when the offense does struggle, you know, you know that Dylan's only going to give up one earned run or less. That's what he's done in the last 12 starts. Well, and it's, Unbelievable. It's absolutely hilarious looking back at those 11 starts. Before the day, they were showing these stats, how he compared to Bob Gibson. Uh, in his last 11 starts, he allowed three earned runs. And I think since the counting of earned runs uh, back in 1913, those are the only uh, two players to have 11 starts with three earned runs or less in those starts. And you look back at now the past 12 starts for Dylan Cease. The White Sox are 10-2 in those starts. And the games they lost... The one game where it was the Max Muncy game, where yep. we called for Tony LaRusso's firing, that's how bad it was. And the other game was a 2-1 to one loss to the Detroit Tigers. Not shockingly, um, at guaranteed rate field, the White Sox can't win at home. Uh, outside of the two, they won this one. Uh, but they also lost against Bo Brisky, the guy that, oh. you know, we were just like another... Cy Young guy, a Cy Brisky, you know? I mean, it's frustrating when you look back and see how good Dylan Cease has been. It just shows you how bad the White Sox have been because he's been 16-5. and The White Sox are 16-5 and in Dylan Cease's starts now. That's amazing for this 500 team, Um, but also the fact that he probably could be like, 17 and like three like I mean there are so many ways that you look back at his starts he has been the most consistent player for the White Sox and it's not even close yeah and like you said like it's every time he went out he gave not on the White Sox a chance to win he dominated for the most part of those games the Dodgers game he didn't really have it but those were because of errors that the White Sox had let the Dodgers in the door and then they kicked it in with the Max Muncy uh, home run and then Bo Brisky not getting any, or uh, Dylan Cease not getting any run support from his uh, offense right. while he goes out and gives two earned runs or one earned run to the damn Tigers. So, yes, and Alex Rude, yes, very fun time last night hanging out with Alex Rude, hanging out with uh, Mansu Lee and the folks at 108, Jimmy uh, Griswold, with Jimmy Vinicky. 
good times last night. But, yeah, Dylan Cease, whoever got a ticket today and got to see him dominate, you should savor that. It's going to be we're looking back at history. We're like, man, you remember that Dylan Cease 2022? Like, Cub fans kind of look at, like, man, you remember that Jake Arrieta 2015? That was historic. That's what we're going to be looking back at. Right. And funny enough, uh, Shane Reardon, our former co worker at 670 Score, uh, tweeted out, like, have any All Stars uh, who, or how many Cy Youngs not been named to that year's All Star game? And I'm like, Shane, where you been? You had um, to go all the way back to last year. Yes. Robbie Ray. Um, but Rick Porcello, <laughs> Jake Arietta, you mentioned it, Robbie Ray. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, Greg Maddox did it before Greg Maddox won a Cy Young and wasn't an All Star. Um, it's not crazy uh, that he, he wasn't in that that era but it is just looking back ridiculous because i mean he's going up the same day that shane mcclanahan's going up against the cleveland guardians and dylan cease dominates today obviously the A's aren't as good as the guardians uh the guardians but it just kind of shows you now at this point at august dylan cease is the best pitcher in the al um, by stats with this slider this slider has changed him to a next level pitcher let's go into some of the historic stats then uh, Herb's been referring to. We'll start with Chuck Garfine first. Dylan Cease is the first White Sox pitcher with consecutive months with an ERA under one since 1913. Uh, in a minimum of 25 innings pitched, he has an ERA of 201 uh, for the season uh, so far. That's incredibly impressive. Again, I thought he should have gone out for the seventh inning. I think he could have lowered his ERA uh, below two. And look at the months he's doing it. He's not doing it in cold April and May. He's doing this in June and July. Warm. The ball has been jumping, especially at guaranteed rate for the opponents. And Dylan Cease is like, I'm not having any of that. Y'all is going to be uh, subject to my whim right here. The slider is going to go. If you can hit it, cool. Tip the cap. If you can't, you're going to be part of uh, all the rest of the MLB players who can't hit my slider. Cool. Sit your ass down. And when we see you know teams go up against Dylan for the first time now since he's introduced this slider as much as he has, I mean, teams just really can't can't hit him. I mean, Loriano on an 0-0 count took him deep. That was a great swing. It was a great pitch. It wasn't even in the zone. Guy turned on a fastball. He was looking fastball, got a fastball on a fastball count and made it count. But outside of that, Dylan Cease has not been beaten. This isn't the Dylan Cease that's getting beat by walks left and right. And yes, this is the Dylan Cease that leads the league in walks, but only one walk today. And that really hasn't been an issue over the past 12 games. When he allows base runners, he's able to get out of the jams, either because that slider is just missing so many bats or he's just inducing weak contact. Uh, average exit velocity today, 82 miles per hour off the bat. I mean, it's just incredible yeah two hard hit balls that home run by Liriano and I think uh, a single by Steven Vogt it's the game six innings two hard hit balls 95 miles per hour or higher off of the bat like he said Liriano ambushed him he just was looking for fastball and he got his bat into the zone and got the barrel extended and got a, a chance to hit a home run there Tip the cap, and Dylan's like, good job. Right. Solo shot, that's all y'all getting. And I, I looked at Sean, I was like, ah, oh, that's tough. I wish our teams can do that. And Sean was like, yeah, man, he had a plan, and he executed the plan. Wow. Oh. Hitting home runs at guarantee rate, awesome. I was and real salty and I was like, that homer. I was like, that's the only earned run they're getting right there. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that turned out to be as such. And think about it. Dylan wasn't filthy today. He was good, but he wasn't like Dylan Cease we've seen before where he's like, okay, they're not touching him today at all. He was good. I would say his stuff was probably B+. Plus. It wasn't A-plus stuff. I, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. Let's look at the pitch mix here. Uh, actually, let's go to the Jesse Rogers thing. So let's finish up the crazy stats, and then let's talk about, um, you know, if, if Dylan was his best here. Um, per ESPN Stats Info, Dylan Cease is the second pitcher since ERA became official in both leagues in 1913 to have a 12-start streak with one or zero earned runs, uh, earned runs allowed. The other to do that is Jacob deGrom in 2021. Cease has given up four earned runs in his last 12 starts, all solo home runs. What a year so far. Um, absolutely incredible year so far, just starting April here. And, you know, knock on wood here, but the big issue with, you know, Jacob deGrom is his arm and, yep. and, and his ability to stay healthy. We have not seen that with Dylan Cease yet. And Dylan Cease is, right now, especially at the age he is, it's so impressive that he's having this run. Because Jacob deGrom's 33 and doing this. That's a veteran pitcher that has Johnny Cueto's level of experience where he knows how to work those pitches. He's had the feel for those pitches over a long career. Dylan Cease is finding it early in his career. This is 
truly, again, it's only been 12 starts, but this feels like the start of something special, and, and it's incredible. Um, that slider has unlocked stuff for him. Let's look at what it did today. Can I? Uh, yeah, jump uh, in. Do you know how much Dylan Cease is making this year? Uh, $2.8 million. He would love that. $750,000. <laughs> how, how, long, how long is he under team control for? When uh, he, when's that green? Three more years. Oh, His RV years. His three RV years. So should the contract or should the discussion be, you know, when's the extension coming? Because they did it in July with Lance Lynn. If I'm Dylan Cease, I am not signing a damn thing. Not a paper. Not one. Unless they come with some ridiculous thing I can't turn down. What if it's one where, you know, it's a, it's a fair offer. They offer you. I mean, well, I don't even know why they, they would offer him three years if they're not buying off any years of his, no, his free go, agency. They would probably have, I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf is a famously against or offering anything more than four years for a starting pitcher. So... It'll be very, very hard for Dylan Cease to take a four-year deal where you're just getting, you know, league average there. You got to blow his socks off to accept that deal. He'll be 29 in his 30-year, uh, age 30-year when he's a free agent. So he can look at that as like, okay, I should get some money right here, but not let them take up my uh, my free agent years and not let them take up my RB years. Yeah, so, I mean, you, you mentioned Jerry and his avoidance of four-plus-year contracts. I think the one that sticks out is John Dinks. But outside of that, I mean, Lance Lynn was three years just trying to look back. I, I, I really can't think of any other ones outside of John Dinks. So, I, I mean, mean, Cease would be a big spend, but at this point he looks worth it. I think the rumor was that they did offer what, uh, Wheeler a five-year contract who eventually went to Philadelphia because his wife liked Philadelphia more than Chicago. Um, so it's yeah, not— Yeah, five-year offer for him. It's not—you know, they're not against it 100%, but they haven't done it like the $100 million threshold. They haven't been there either. They've offered it, but nobody has ever accepted a White Sox offer as a uh, free agent. So— I would start thinking about it if I'm a White Sox pitcher. And not it's not an either or. You give Dylan Cease the money and you don't give it to Lucas Giolito. It's not either or. They can give both of the people the money if you I think yeah, right now they should talk to Lucas Giolito about an extension because you know that this is probably not him. You can probably get him on the cheap too to accept the deal because he's struggling right now and you can get him um you know just one half a year of being bad. And get him for under market value. Right. I was, for Dylan C, six years, $132 millions from uh, Shane. Lucky Spags. I was talking to a guy, A. Rude, um, and he was mentioning, I think, Lucas, if he left, that would clear up about like $75 million of ca- uh, cap space for the Sox. Um, and I don't think that was just Lucas himself, but with everything coming off the books all at once, I think adding Lucas onto that would get the Sox up to around $75 million to, to play with. So that'd be interesting, and that doesn't include signing in Jose Abreu, so that would take it away from it. But moving on from Giolito seems smart to me, and if they want to give that money to Dylan Cease, I'm all for it. We mentioned his age. He's only 26 years old. When John Dink signed, he would be 27, and he had one year left before he hit free agency. He signed in 2011, became a free agent, or would have became a free agent in 2012. So it does seem early uh, to go out and, and, and offer a cease extension but the way that he's been playing incredible and and you know that's why the White Sox are 16 and 5 in his starts because he only allows that one run right there and, and all the White Sox needed was that second inning they get three runs in the second inning uh, and are able to take over we saw home runs from Abreu and Eloy Jimenez today what'd you think of those I wonder if after Jose hits that home run it's like that's all I need guys it's, it's been real mm-hmm that's all. Thank you. Appreciate it. I thought the Jose Abreu is starting August a little early. It's July 31st. He's famously great in the month of August, so he's just going to start off. And he hit the ball hard, like, for the most part, every time he was up there. He got a couple of hits, the liner over to first baseman Seth Brown that uh, he caught. But Jose's starting to hit the ball hard, along with your guy, Aloy Jimenez, who you've been saying, okay, he's coming. And he's driving the ball to right, right center. So you could definitely tell that Aloy Jimenez is coming. And he's hitting it really damn hard for mixed results. You know, people and like Ozzy on the postgame, forget exit velocity. Like, exit velocity matters. Right. You're hitting the ball hard. That means you're seeing the ball well. You're getting it more on the barrel. And more times than not, you're going to get hits. So, yes, exit velocity matters, Ozzy. And Aloy Jimenez, right, right when that ball hit bad, I was like, that's gone. 
because he had had a couple uh, warning track flyouts earlier in the game, and I was like, that one he centered up, got it on the barrel, and crushed it to right center. So, yes, we're starting to hit with those two guys. We need the full roster to go because Timmy was terrible today as far as the at-bats. They were just very incongruent. It wasn't natural Timmy. He got that one hit to right field. That was good. But he wasn't the, re- the he wasn't seeing the ball correctly, and Andrew Vaughn, ooh, yeah, real we, ugly. Like he was miffed by the strike zone of Laz Diaz, and I don't know if he let that enter into his mind, but because he was swinging at pitches that he rarely swings at, balls at his head, balls outside the zone, and he was lost today. I need better efforts and better execution from those two guys, especially if they're going to be at the top of the lineup. And we talk about this too. Uh, first off, Josh, um, I'm pretty sure. Vaughn can't win the rookie of the year. He played too many games last year. So Andrew Vaughn will not be rookie of the year uh, this year. So. And even if he did, sorry about that. Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, Julio Rodriguez is going to probably uh, team, take that one away. I'm not thinking hit. about right now. He just got hit. I saw uh, it. He's on the so. IL now. Uh, he's on the IL. Wrist so. contusion. Still yeah, will. We'll see. Um, but you, you mentioned Vaughn. Max exit velocity today of 75 and a half. Um, so, I mean, just kind of tells you there. He was late on a shit ton of fastballs today, swinging and missing. There was a couple that were up at his eyes and he was swinging at. It just mm-hmm. did not make sense. It just tells you about the quality of co- contact. Vaughn's not making quality contact right now. He's not seeing the ball well. Um, at best, he's just following pitches off. He saw 17 pitches today, um, which is all right in four at-bats. But you mentioned Tim. Tim still had two hard hits, and, and Tim got on base at least once, which was, which was fine to see. Um, but Aloy, what I want to go through, he only saw six pitches, but – the whole six pitches kind of shows you his progression and where he's getting at. So the first pitch that he saw, or the first at-bat that he had, uh, he ends up lining out, which is great to see. We love to see lineouts. Uh, you're hitting on a, on a rope. Lineouts get get down for hits easier. 92 point miles per hour at an 18-angle uh, launch angle, which is good to see. You know, 18 degrees, going to get down for a hit. Um, right, that was the first at-bat that he had in the second inning. Next at-bat that he has against Aller, 103.7 off the bat. 34 launch degree angle, a little bit too high, right? Um, And he was going opposite field as well, going to right field, but he's still realizing what Aller's doing against him. He saw five pitches, and then the sixth one that he saw, Eloy Jimenez against Aller, took that cutter deep, and I mean, I basically said it before the game. I said it before that bat. It feels like he's coming back. It feels like he is truly coming alive. He is getting his timing down, and... For the White Sox, and Josh Nelson wrote about this today, Aloy's been one of their best hitters at home, but if he's doing this in both parks, road and away, this is going to be part of the turnaround for the White Sox because they need home runs badly, and this is what you thought this guy was going to be. I mean, we've talked to Cherizi from the 108 about it. He's predicted 74 home runs uh, for Aloy. That doesn't seem possible, but uh, a guy that should be at least a 30 home run guy um, whenever he's playing around 130 games uh, in a season, and it's good to see that that power is coming back. That stroke's coming back. And it feels like he's feeling real confident at the dish. And we'll need that because he'll probably be batting fifth, sixth, or seventh in this White Sox lineup. So he'll need to provide that power in that middle to blast the lineup. And he is the White Sox most powerful bat. He's the guy, if he's in the lineup, I will predict 50 home runs for 150 games. Because he has that type of power. He didn't even hit a ball last week. We're off the end of the bat and it went off. Because he's got that type of power. He's just strong as hell. He doesn't need to swing hard to crush it. You saw the home run he hit today. It wasn't a hard swing. It was a hard It was a hard exit velocity, though. That man has just got a lot of natural power. And when we hits the ball to right field, that means he's locked in. That means he's seeing the ball well, and he can hit with the best of them. He's a 300 hitter, too. That's why I'm so disappointed this year that he hasn't either hit for power or for average, and he's looked kind of lost. Now it looks like he's gaining the old alloy and gaining the the fun. I saw him again before the game, crip walking, enjoying some time. <laughs> That's alloy, you know, with the tape over his mouth and on, you know, when he's on the bench, probably annoying people. That's alloy. Have fun, Josh Harrison. Have fun. Too much of the times you see White Sox are just like, uh, I'm just putting my head down. I'm playing this game the same way. You know, you know, you got to get hyped up. You got to love what you're doing. You got to love the people around you. Like we, like the White Sox kind of last year, they seemed like they had fun. And I know winning creates the fun, but how about you fake it until you make it? And that's what Aloy's doing. And you see the results are happening right now. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has nine hits 
in his last uh, nine games, is it? I think yeah, eight games. So nine hits in his last game, eight games. Um, he's just been getting on base, um, and, which is great to see. And it feels like the power is, is coming back. It feels like he's understanding what to do. And um, I mean, this is a guy that was a better ranked prospect than Jordan Alvarez. And you know what that guy's doing down in Houston, right? Yeah. He's a guy that's just a, a machine. He understands what pitchers are going to do up against him. He understands the strike zone. Um, he understands how to put good wood on a ball. Um, it feels like Oloy, you know, obviously the injuries has held him back from gaining that experience and gaining that timing, but it feels like it could possibly be coming soon. All right. Not sure if we can bet on Aloy's power returning, but the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and bet on your White Sox when you feel like they're going to pull out a win. Use the code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two or three bets up to $2,000. That's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all the Royal content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from a CHGO locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at points bet. If you have questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com help you out and points bets your home for live and play betting and it's just got even better if you see an edge in the game you're watching if your favorite team is primed for a comeback don't just watch the game bet along with it live there's more live betting more live markets and faster live cash outs with the points bet app so what are you waiting for it's time to elevate your live betting game download the points bet app right now and use promo code chgo when you sign up and once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet if you or somebody you know has a gambling problem wants help call 1-800-GAMBLER for crisis counseling and referral services and our next partner has a product i use literally almost every day when I don't forget it. And this helps me remember it as well. So I'm just doing myself a favor when I do remember it. But I started mm-hmm. taking AG1s because they sent over the free trials when we started this whole CHGO thing on March 4th. And I have been using it when I remember it. I wanted better gut health when I started it. I wanted more energy. I wanted a better immune system. And Athletic Greens has helped me achieve that in my life. It doesn't taste super healthy as all. And it has a kind of mild tropical taste that I end up enjoying. With one delicious scoop of AG1s, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Again, I feel like I've been less sick taking this stuff. I feel like I have more energy when I wake up. I feel like a different person when I take my athletic greens in the morning. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free as well. And in Athletic Greens has over 7,002 five-star reviews, the extra two coming from Herb and I. So right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop, a cup of water in every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. Herb likes to put it in a smoothie. You can put it in water. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgo socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash chgo SOX to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Herb, I don't think there was any moments that really frustrated us today. Um, I was frustrated with the White Sox hitting at times and their inability to hit Aller and maybe even draw a walk, which they weren't able to do against Aller. But outside of that, I mean, it was a pretty clean game defensively from what I remember. Pretty clean game base running. Uh, you did see Abreu get doubled up, but that was a pretty hard hit liner by Gavin. I yeah, there's nothing he could do there. Not too many complaints, I think. I mean, yeah, like you alluded to right there, the fact that they didn't hit Aller harder. I mean, they did get hard hits off of him, but the execution of uh, going against Aller, a pitcher who had never gone six innings in his career. He's had 11 starts before this one. This is his career high in starts in six and a third. His six strikeouts is his career high, where earlier it was four. So usually when he does strike people out, he's also giving up walks. The last time he did, uh, two times before that, he did strike out his career high in four before this. He walked seven. And the White Sox weren't doing that today. They were swinging wildly at pitchers for hours. So that's a little frustrating to see that this level of uh, pitcher continues to flummox the White Sox hitters. We saw that with Herman Marquez out there in Colorado. And this weekend, the, these pitchers are nothing special. Paul, Paul Blackburn's nothing special. Adam Aller, nothing special. And the White Sox were flummoxed by their pitching all weekend long. They're going to see better pitching, mm-hmm. much better pitching. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Brad Keller, a guy who dominates them for the most part in Brady, their career. Brady Singer just dominated him. Yeah. Chris Bubich has done all right against them. You have people who are a little bit better than the pitcher you saw this weekend, and these are games that will count on the White Sox to to win. They'll need more people than Jose Abreu, which is in his favorite month. August starts tomorrow. And then we have Eloy Jimenez coming along. 
and also the two guys who sat out today were, were starting their bets a little bit more in the month of July than they were before that with a Yoan uh, Mancada and Yasmani Grandal. So yes, we're gonna be tested this month of August with same mediocre to average pitchers. White Sox need to execute now. Yeah, White Sox need to execute, and their pitching needs to execute because. Honestly, this is a an interesting next three games for the Sox against Kansas City, and we'll talk more about Aller. We'll talk more about Dylan Cease a little bit later on in the podcast, especially with Vinny Duber joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field um, whenever he is done talking to Tony LaRussa, Dylan Cease, and the team. Uh, but you look ahead at this Kansas City series starting on Monday. The deadline's on Tuesday, August 2nd, and then on Wednesday, August 3rd, they'll play three games against Kansas City. you got Kopech, Giolito, and Lynn versus Keller, Singer, and Bubich. The thing is, like, obviously you need to hit right-handed pitching, and you got three right-handers going up against you, but Kopech, Giolito, Bubich Lynn. is left-handed. Is Bubich a left-handed? Yeah. Mm. Bubich is left-handed, I believe. Mm, he is. Wow, yeah. I'm a dumbass. Oh, um, anyways, <laughs> White Sox, unregarding of Bubich's uh, handedness here, um, the White Sox still need, in my opinion, Kopech, Giolito, and Lynn to be on their at least B game, right? We saw Lance Lynn, and he didn't have the – best of starts giving up three uh, home runs on Friday and we saw the White Sox losing by four runs there um, you know Giolito we see that he can be tagged and, and hit up for a pretty decent start and if Kopech has a bad first inning maybe Kansas City's able to run on him a bit so it, it's really in my mind I know the, the hitting's obviously been the large thing here but I think you're gonna need great outings here from Kopech Giolito and Lynn just because like today if you're able to hold the other opponents for one run that's going to give the offense so much room here to, you know, blow the doors off. I, I know that it's obviously the White Sox need to play good against Kansas City is very basic here. But I look at the starting pitching and I honestly think that this is more important for the Sox because if this Royals offense does nothing, which they should, the White Sox should have a pretty easy three-game series here. I don't know how you're feeling, though, again, with two right-handed pitchers. Yeah, they should dominate the Kansas City Royals, especially since Kansas City Royals are selling off. They've already gotten rid of Carlos Santana. You saw last week Andrew Benintendi's gone. I expect more people from the Kansas City Royals to be gone before the Tuesday uh, night start at 7 o'clock with the White Sox. They Two out of these three games will be with a lesser Kansas City Royals team than you're used to, maybe even rivaling the lineups we saw today and this weekend versus the Oakland A's when they're very, uh, I mean, they don't have a Seth Brown in that lineup. Mm -hmm. Not at all. There's not a guy that's like going to be hitting home runs off of the White Sox. I mean, of course, uh, Salvi Perez, but they're not as strong as they usually are, but they always give the White Sox problems. It starts tomorrow uh, the good outing versus Brad Keller. I hope he gets traded too. Mm -hmm. That's some bitch. I know the numbers don't look great, but every time he pitches with the White Sox, it seems like he's out there just giving up one, two, three runs and dominating them and getting a dub for him. So, yeah, it's time to attack. Two out of three is minimum. Yeah. A sweep would be great, but I don't think versus the Royals you can expect a sweep, especially when it gets the Sox. Who's, that's just their bugaboo. I don't know. I know. I know it's their bugaboo, and I, I understand they lost that. lost the season series last year. Kansas City's, yeah, Kansas City's always handed it to them, but this is still Kansas City. It is. Uh, and, and you have been playing so well below the, your opponents recently. I, I understand Oakland, you still took two of three, which is good, but the White Sox need to start throat stomping, and we've been saying this so many times, but... Again, you mentioned it. The Royals are trading. They're, they're selling at this moment. They're worse than when you last played them. No Benatendi, no Santana. They did get Sal Perez back. He just returned on the 29th, so that's definitely something interesting. Uh, you also got Vinny Pascatino um, as well. Um, he's a new addition to this team, a power hitter as well, and he's been finding uh, his stroke recently. So maybe the Royals have some bats that can do him damage, but again, I'm, I'm not too worried um, as long as Kopech can do his job, as long as Giolito can do his job, and as long as Lynn can do his job. Uh, shout out to Jaxo23 with the super chat in the comments. We got Kopech needs to go back to the bullpen, and White Sox need to get Frankie Montas or Whit Merrifield, and we need help in right field and a left-handed bat. All right, Herb, there's a lot to... Uh, Dissect there from Jack. So, um, Kopech needs to go back to the bullpen. White Sox need to get Frankie Montas or Whit Merrifield. Whit Merrifield does play second base and doesn't pitch. So, we still need to find another starter uh, if they move Kopech to the bullpen and don't acquire Montas. But uh, what are you thinking here? Uh, Kopech going to the bullpen doesn't seem likely. Nope. Montas seems too expensive to me. Merrifield's unvaccinated. I mean, I don't think they'll hold that against Whit Merrifield. I just don't want Mer Whit Merrifield because I don't think he's going to be better than what the White Sox can throw out there on first or second base or right field. 
he's just he's a good guy. You know, his his back of the baseball card looks good. I don't think he's having a great year this year. He's not having a typical Whitmere for the year, but he's fast. Still a couple bases, play versatile, you know, play, uh, he's a versatile player at right field and second base, and he can glove it. Yes, a left-handed uh, pitcher, a left-handed bat would be always good, but Kopech, I think, will go to the bullpen if they get a frontline starter like Montas. They can uh, afford Kopech, you know, to dwindle down his innings and then give him a couple spot starts, and then Frankie Montas would be in the rotation. But like you said, the White Sox have enough or the desire to go for a more of a middle to top of the rotation arm in uh, Frankie Montas. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. I mean, obviously, if they were able, like you said, if they were able to get a starter of that ilk, um, it'd be really easy just to move Kopech into the bullpen, and maybe you have him if Cueto breaks down or Lance Lynn breaks down, right? But he has the less proven resume of a starter out of all of those guys. So if they were to acquire a front-end starter, then yes, Kopech to the bullpen would make sense. But we talk about left-handed bats and them needing a left-handed bat. Some have gone off the market already. We mentioned Ben Attendee. He goes to the Yankees. There's two other deals that happen um, since you and Rick Camp did the post-game show on Friday. So let's talk about them now. Uh, we got David Peralta headed to the Rays, and you got, um, as well as Tyler Naquit, heading to the Mets. So you got Peralta going to the D-backs. Uh, the D-backs received Christian Serretta. He's a 19-year-old catching prospect. The White Sox could have afforded, uh, afforded that type of price. He's not ranked in the Diamondbacks' top 30. Um, so them not going out and getting a bat like that, interesting to see them you know, not be active just yet. You have three outfielders already coming off the market. And then the Naquin one, uh, not giving up any uh, ranked players in their top 30 as well, according to MLB.com. Jose Acuna, right-handed pitcher, and Hector Rodriguez, an outfielder, um, going to the Reds in the Tyler Naquin deal. Uh, so three left-handed hitters off the board right there, and, and the White Sox not making a move just yet. So they do need that. That's something that we talked about in our trade deadline special, but they haven't addressed that need just yet. All right, let's head out to Guaranteed Rate Field and talk to our guy, Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer Vinny what is the shirt today uh, I'm rocking Sam and Dave today a little Memphis a little Memphis love for uh, for this Sunday very nice and uh, shout out to the BB uh, King record that you were spinning earlier uh, sweet uh, album cover on that one Sox win four to one who'd you talk to after the game heard from Dylan Cease heard from Liam Hendricks obviously Tony La Russa uh, this is a uh, it's been a good one uh, you know for the White Sox today I, I don't think there's too much to uh, well I mean I'm sure you guys have found something something to complain about but yes, uh, the point the point being that uh, you know and I was shocked to learn this as I was writing my game and tweet they haven't lost a series in the second half yet which is uh, of the three they've played they split the first two and won this one uh, they needed a win like today they needed you know they need a lot of wins like today but um, Hey, it's about not losing series or more importantly, winning series. But uh, if you cannot lose series, that's pretty good, too. And the White Sox haven't done that uh, since what? Since uh, Cle Cleveland before the break? Is it so been longer? They haven't lost a series since July 4th, the first home series against Minnesota. They lost one series in the month of July. That's the only series they lost in the month of July. How about that? That's uh, You wouldn't think that the way we've been watching them play, no. uh, certainly. And I mean, you've heard... <laughs> I mean, seriously, we heard from Dylan Cease say, you know, uh, you know, oh, undoubtedly we've been playing better baseball of late. And, and you know, I think uh, th there's 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 some nuance in that sentence from him. You know what I mean? I think it's been one of those things like maybe we've seen all year. They play good baseball and they win. They play bad baseball and they lose. They do it about equal, an equal amount of the time. But certainly they're playing better baseball more often over the last month or two months than they were over the first two months of the season. So, um, listen, uh, today the, the talk was post game was all about this is the last day of July. Tomorrow, August starts. You got your final two months of the regular season coming up. The White Sox obviously not in the position that they thought that they would be in. They know what lies ahead of them. They got to win. They got to they got to beat out these two teams that they're in a division race with. Um, I think they're happy to be in contention. Uh, you know what I mean? As, as they should be, as White Sox fans should be, because the way they've played uh, in a lot of years, the division would maybe not be a realistic possibility. It very much is right now, today, even though they're only one game over 500. So uh, they know the challenge that awaits them here, do the White Sox, and now it's uh, about making it happen, which of course we've said multiple times throughout the year but uh here you go two months left to play and they're uh, only a handful of games out of first place 
I got a two-part question. I, we both wanted Dylan Cease to come out for the seventh. Understood why he didn't. Firstly, because, you know, 94 pitches, a decent amount of pitches. And then you get the three innings from the bullpen, the bullpen that the White Sox projected at the beginning of the year with Kelly Graveman and Hendricks finishing out that game so strongly. Firstly, did either Tony or Dylan speak about that coming back out for the seventh inning if he felt like he was uh, ready to go? And then secondly, the bullpen pitching so well and like they uh, planned it to. Yeah, I mean, I think this is the ideal situation here if, you got a, if you've got your bullpen clicking on all cylinders is to send Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, and Liam Hendricks, three experienced dudes out there who know how to get outs late in games uh, and have them shut down the other side, which is what happened today. We saw, what, a walk from uh, Kelly to start things off but immediately erased on that double play. And then uh, Liam gave up the, the two-out double there, which, uh, you know, proved to be a non-factor once he got the, the final out of the game. So, um it, it, it was about as, you know, you don't want to say as flawless as possible. I'm sure that that walk was uh, not ha- not uh, what Joe Kelly wanted to do, but pretty flawless in terms of the bullpen effort today. And that's uh, exactly how Rick Hahn drew it up when, you know, he spent the money that he did on, on those two experienced arms uh, in the offseason. As far as Dylan, if he wanted to go more than six, and, and Tony said that's a good sign, right, that when, when you've got the pitcher arguing to go out there. Uh, he was dominant again. This is what we're used to seeing from him. He's made it routine. I mean, the what is it? I mean, something ridiculous, like four four earned runs in his last 12 starts or something like that. I mean, come on. This is uh, as elite as a pitcher, uh, elite of a stretch that we've seen from a pitcher in a White Sox uniform in a long, long time. That includes Lucas Giolito the year he was an all-star. So, uh, And Lance Lynn, that for that matter, last year when he was the third-place finisher in the Cy Young Award. So Dylan Cease is doing something that the South Side has not seen in a while, and that's uh, obviously a huge plus for them. Uh, he's clicking. And he's liking it, and it's all very matter-of-fact uh, for Dylan Cease, who, who's all about going out there and executing his pitches. It's what he's yeah. doing. Yeah, I mean, clearly it's the slider that's working for him. Um, anything else that he mentions, is it just confidence? I mean, most teams haven't seen the slider. Oakland hasn't seen um, this retooled slider, the way that he's been using it um, since. I mean, is it just guys or opponents have no clue what to expect against Dylan, and he's just kind of reveling in that, that, that moment right now? Uh, has he described just kind of the feeling on being out on that mound and having this much dominance? I mean, I think we've talked about it before. I mean, when the light goes on for these guys, sometimes it, it just stays on. And, and I think that's really what's happened with Dylan as we've seen him kind of evolve into this caliber of a starting pitcher. Uh, what Tony La Russa said with us, I thought was, you know, uh, a pretty – compliment in terms of how good Dylan is right now said he's getting he's finding ways to do this in a multitude of ways it's not just he's going to throw one pitch over and over and over again and nobody can hit it I mean there are days we've seen when he hasn't had his best stuff when he hasn't been piling up the strikeouts and and he's found a way to win obviously this was the Oakland days who are uh, not a team that uh, have given a lot of opposing pitchers fits this year so uh, certainly uh, uh, you would expect a result like this from Dylan Cease today but uh, he's really done it all and I think he's got uh, some other pitches in that arsenal that are working for him as well uh, he was laughing today asked if he ever thought there would be a game where he threw this few fastballs uh, and, and he chuckled a little bit. So, uh, you know, you can see that evolution from thrower to pitcher, right? And uh, the stuff that we've heard about for years with him uh, as finally kind of all kind of come together at the same time. And you're seeing a guy who can go and uh, really just take it to opposing lineups, not just one way, but overpower them in, in, a, in a number of ways. Dylan, talk about the rest he's gotten because it's, you know, Sunday to Sunday. And then before that was another Sunday start. The actual, like, seven days between your starts. And he looks out there. He looks fresh. He looks free. He doesn't walk anybody anymore. Did he talk about the extra rest he's gotten in this uh, month of July? So the Sox drew it up that way. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know if we've covered that before, the three of us, but certainly that's something that Rick Hahn alluded to one of the times that he's talked recently. And, and you know, they, they did that on purpose because – Listen, this is a guy who, you know, we've seen what the innings jumps uh, can do to pitchers, right? And uh, certainly he was good throughout the year last year, kind of had a little bit of a breakout season, but this has really, really been a breakout season for him. And uh, I, they don't want him to get tired. They want him to stay like this. And so this middle of the season right here around the All-Star break, uh, the schedule allowed him to do that with the off days around that Colorado series plus the break. So, uh, yeah, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. It's like a monster truck race going out there for uh, for Dylan Cease's uh, outings here recently. But, uh, yeah, they've been fantastic. He's been fantastic. And this is the kind of thing, uh, you know, 
it's finally playing out where it works. We, we've talked so much about kind of how they want to use the schedule to their advantage to maybe give Michael Kopech a rest. We saw last year what they did with Carlos Rodon. They, they've got reasons for doing this, and uh, you can point to Dylan Cease as uh, one of the uh, payoffs of such a, such a strategy because here we go into August and September, and it's, it's not going to be uh, so luxurious in terms of getting days off. Yeah, it's interesting just with Cease just because it really feels like it's leading up to something truly special with him. He just won Pitcher of the Month in June. He's got, again, uh, ERA below one in the month of July. Um, I don't know if you could add some to this, but um, what would back-to-back Pitcher of the Month uh, awards means mean to Dylan, and, and uh, do we think it's possible? I think, I mean, it feels like it's possible at least uh, having an ERA under one in July. Sure. I think it's, I think it's nice. Uh, you know, we talked about how he really kind of wanted that all-star bur- that all-star nod. And I think, so these, you know, these guys are obviously thinking about something like that picture of the month. I'm not sure, uh, if that ranks as high as going to the all-star game in terms of individual honors, but, uh, listen, I think the idea is that there are far greater uh, honors to be had at the end of the season. If he continues to do his job, I, I just asked him, you know, what does it feel like to, be able to contribute the way you have to a team that really needs wins. You know what I mean? A right. team that could, that really needs you to contribute that way. And he, and he basically said that, you know, he's trying to be this guy. He's always wanted to be this kind of pitcher uh, to be the guy that can be depended on and counted on in these situations. Uh, he's done it. He's been that guy so far. And so I think he's hoping that that can pay off with a division championship for this team. And that can pay off with a trip to the playoffs for this team. Uh, remember he just got to pitch in the playoffs for the first time last year. Um, a short outing, like all of the uh, like all of the starters had uh, in that Houston series. I think he'd like to be the guy to get the ball and maybe give him five or six this time around if they were so fortunate to make the postseason. Uh, and also, you know, there's that whole Cy Young thing that he might be in the running for too. It was good to see the White Sox actually hit the ball over the fence. It's <laughs> what they do the best, especially Aloy Jimenez hitting that ball to right center field. Tony, talk about. Just the positive things I'm seeing, Sean's seeing. Of course, you're probably seeing that too from Aloy Jimenez. And of course, August Abreu's coming a day before August even starts. It's good to see you, Vinny. Yes, of course. Jose, I, I posted a picture of Dylan with the with the Randy Moss jersey. They give out two, one for the pitcher, one for the player. Jose got the uh, the the players, uh, position players version of the Randy Moss jersey today. Just so, you know, we're, we're, all the bases are covered there. Are they both people? Yeah. Yeah, they're both they're both purple. They're both the home jersey. Yeah. Can we cover the base of why again, Randy Moss? We I, we figured this out. I think someone found it and thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> they said they found two of them. <laughs> thought it was well, cool. I think I think once they had one, they were like, oh, we probably should have two. So it's not just you know <laughs> the starting pitcher getting it every day or something like that. So, um, but yeah, no. Listen, Jose Abreu is Jose Abreu, and uh, he's going to do that again throughout the next month. I'm sure. I, I you know there's never there's rarely been a safer bet in uh, whether it's White Sox history or maybe even baseball history than Jose Abreu doing his thing at the plate. Uh, and you're probably going to see that. Obviously, you saw it today. Uh, Aloy Jimenez has been a different story, right? Because of the amount of time that he's missed uh, due to injury. Uh, but people know what he's capable of. And Tony LaRusso talked about it today. You know, people who watched his entire 2019 season, watched his 20, entire 2020 season, even though it was, you know, uh, a short one. Uh, but he got the silver slugger at the end of that 2020 season. I mean, we know what Aloy Jimenez can do. It's just been about getting him out there and being able to do it. He's out there. And uh, now he's going to try to do it. I mean, we've seen some really positive signs from him here in the second half of the season in terms of hitting the ball uh, a long way. Uh, that's what he can contribute. That's what he can help with the most. Who knows if they're going to be able to bring in any power here at the trade deadline. So the biggest injection of power into the lineup might be Aloy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal, and whenever Luis Robert comes back, Luis Robert. So, gee, that kind of sounds like uh, what we were talking about at this time last year, doesn't it? But, uh, you know... <laughs> It, it's true. We were talking about it for a reason, and, and it's true. If, if Aloy turns it on, if, if Jose does a little bit more, if Yasmani can turn it on, Luis comes back, you're talking about a much different-looking lineup than we saw for the vast majority of the first four months of the season, not just because of availability, but because of the way that those guys were all performing. Uh, if they can not only be healthy, but then be themselves in terms of a production uh, standpoint, you got a vastly different White Sox lineup, and you got a team that uh, looks capable of contending uh, for that division title, which obviously they are currently. So any more power certainly would help dramatically, considering they have been short on it throughout the year. 
Robert ended up coming back last year on August 9th, and in those 43 games, he had 25 extra base hits. Mm. I think the White Sox would love that. So uh, hopefully you're right. And it does feel like Eloy is definitely finding his timing at the plate. We did see him removed in the seventh inning for defensive positioning. Uh, they moved Pollock over to left field, angle in center. Uh, did Tony talk a little bit more about what their plan is with Eloy in the outfield ever since we saw him uh, catch that one fly ball in Cleveland and then come up a little bit lame? Have we talked about what the plan is? is for him in the outfield? Yeah, I think you're seeing it in action. And I think it played out pretty similarly, if memory serves, last year after Aloy came back too. Uh, you know, they're going to use that DH spot to to put those two guys, Aloy and Yasmani, uh, when they, you know, don't think they want them out there in the field. And that, that's not a question of want more so, you know, certainly with Grandal, it's a question of, uh, you know, can he catch as much as he can with, with what's going on with his legs and his back all this season. And with Aloy, his leg is the thing, right? His leg is what kept him out for all that time. You got to run around to play left field. Uh, is he going to be uh, strong enough to do that, I think, or, or not sore enough to do that on a daily basis? Maybe not. And that's why you use that DH position to your advantage if you're Tony La Russa and the White Sox. Um, but there's a lot of guys, obviously, that the White Sox can stick at that DH position. So uh, it's going to be a rotating cast of characters, I would imagine, unless there's some sort of move that we do not foresee uh, here in the next couple of days that would uh, change that calculus at all. Sebi Zavala is making that backup catcher job his own because he's not only catching the ball correctly, he's blocking the, some of those sliders in the dirt perfectly. And then the couple of bats he had, the 18th pitch at bats, his first two up, it was just a masterpiece. He's doing a great job. And I never thought that Sebi Zavala would be the hitter that he is this year. Did Tony or anybody speak about how great he's been improved since last year where that three-home run game was pretty much the highlight? He's been really good. And yeah, you're right. Not only was that the highlight, it was pretty much the only thing we saw from him offensively last year. The the, the numbers were just woeful. Um, but he's got numbers that are completely the opposite this time around, and it's very much enough to keep him on this roster. In my opinion, I, if they were to be forced into a situation where they could only keep two of the catchers, I think it's pretty obvious who you would take at this point. No offense to Reese McGuire, who's, I think, done what they've wanted him to do from a defensive standpoint, from a handling the pitching staff standpoint. Um, but you need to hit right now. I asked Lee, Liam Hendricks stood up today after the game and talked about what's ahead of them, the two months. This is the challenge. This is the time. This would be a good time for them to turn it on. And I said, okay, well, how do you do that, right? You guys know what you're doing. How do you accomplish what you want to accomplish? And he said, we score more runs than the other team. So a nice little <laughs> sassy response from Liam, but also true. And if you're going to do that, uh, the guys who are hitting for you are going to be the ones that are going to help you out, uh, help you out there right now. Grandal, obviously, we know what he can do from an offensive standpoint. Sebi has been doing it. Uh, Reese has not uh, over the course of the season. I, I think that's pretty clear from the from the numbers. You got to keep you got to keep the guy who's shown that he can hit. Sebi, the crab. So there you go. <laughs> we'll get you out on here. Uh, Luis Robert obviously has restarted a or started a uh, rehab assignment down in Charlotte, uh, but has run into some snafus. Uh, what's the latest from Charlotte on Luis Robert and his health? Not much. Uh, Tony was asked about it, you know, today pregame and just said, you know, he's he's improving. Uh, we're expecting an update tomorrow. Uh, that's what they said. I think uh, was it yesterday when uh, they said that his cold symptoms were, were lingering uh, and that he wouldn't play the weekend. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. I, I think that's when we're expecting to, to know a lot more. Uh, maybe I shouldn't say a lot more, but just more uh, in terms of uh, what's, what's going on with Luis. Obviously, some scary stuff in terms of what he was uh, put on the injured list for. Um, these cold symptoms were said to be unrelated to, to those other symptoms. Uh, and so if they were, if he was well enough for them to trot him out there in a rehab game, I would imagine that those other symptoms are okay. Perhaps that has changed since, and we will find out on Monday. Yeah. Just wonder, I mean, if you could, I mean, is can is this Kansas city series on Monday, you think too soon, just with everything that's going on with him? I, I mean, I wouldn't rule it out completely, but I think the idea is that you would want to see him, get a few games under his belt right. to make sure not only that, you know, you got that timing at the plate issue when you've had a little bit of a layoff, but more importantly, can he go out to center field and see the ball? Uh, you know what I mean? I think that you want to make sure that that stuff is gone away because if it comes right back, you know, you, 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 you'd have to put him on the aisle again, I would imagine. So uh, we're going to see, we're going to see what happens. I think this whole thing is very much a, you don't want to speculate. You just got to wait to hear what's going on. And, and we're going to hear on Monday.
Appreciate it, Vinny. And uh, hopefully, when we are here on Monday, tomorrow, we'll be doing uh, the uh, pregame stuff uh, tomorrow at 6.30, and then we'll be doing the postgame uh, show after the final out against Kansas City. Um, hopefully, they are still above 500 when we're talking to you on the postgame show tomorrow. All right, we'll get you out of here on this, because I did forget about this. Uh, our good friend, Yasmani Grandal, did not start today, but apparently he had a gift for Herb, huh? He did. He did. He, uh, I mean, you can see it right there on the screen. But, yes, he walked up to me in the clubhouse, handed me that lovely, <laughs> lovely knee brace uh, and said, tell your friend I'm faster on the street. Uh, so Yasmani Grandal sticking up for his speed. Herbie's oh, obviously great. seen the video where uh, you took a tumble there and, and weren't able to match his sprint speed. Uh, I was told by uh, a member of the Sox training staff that uh, the video has been going around the clubhouse and uh, causing much laughter uh so uh you're bringing joy uh, bringing joy to the socks uh, to the socks roster there herb and now you've got a little memento from the socks catcher to uh to 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 remember it by and the people who didn't see it uh steven's replaying it right now on our screen for the youtube people oh oh oof. that's tough still to see i was not hurt that much guys i went to the game yesterday and all the people like oh you are right are you cool I'm like, yeah, I'm good. It was like my pride was hurt. I'm embarrassed a little bit. And that Yasmani thing is awesome. He's a good sport for, you know, <laughs> allowing me to talk shit and then come back at me with a knee brace. That's awesome to see. And I'm glad the White Sox fan, uh, White Sox people are laughing at me because that's what it's for. Life is short. I, I Have don't, some enjoyment. I don't think Yasmani had to defend himself too much, Herb. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, once I get my hamstring back, Yasmani. Mm, oh. coming for you watch oh. out See, no, I'm not. They, 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 there were laughs there were some laughs because people thought that Yaz was giving it to me because oh. I have been <laughs> limping around because I suffered a similar tumble to Herb uh, just one day later playing Whoa. softball on Thursday night so oh, I have no. been oh. uh, limping around myself so the CHGO White Sox crew is just uh, incapable of staying on their feet alright so well I mean obviously you're out for tomorrow's softball game but uh, you're playing with other softball teams I mean you, I haven't seen you out there at the CHGO he's team he's been one. out there he has he? yeah oh, okay my bad yeah, that's yeah. on Multiple me times. I've only been out once that's on me that's on me L- listen when the, when the wife far. calls you into uh, substitute duty for her softball Softball team, you can't say no. Right, uh, unfortunately, now I'm being forced into saying no because I've got a road rash on my leg the size of a sheet of paper. So, <laughs> woof. You all right though? Okay, okay. okay. Limping around a bit because the you know the brace and the knee, the bending the knee with the brace or with the bandage on and everything is causing discomfort. It's an embarrassing, stupid injury, so I don't want to dwell on it too much. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, it's 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 it'll get better. It's improving. I'm improving day to day. Good to hear. Uh, and and our free agents are, uh, improving as well. Um, so when you talk to Rick on Tuesday, you know pre or post uh, trade deadline, just let him know the trade deadline's over, but he can still sign Herb He's if he done. wants to. Um, I can't obviously, hit or run or field. I'm not your White Sox. Yeah, but you got and conf- I get, you got and confidence. I get, baby. And I get hurt too, man. <laughs> All right, Vinny, thank you for joining us for Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow Vinny on Twitter at uh, Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. Appreciate Vinny and uh, heal up. Heal up that uh, road rash you got. Thank you. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Appreciate it. Again, uh, follow Vinny on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's the CHGO White Sox beat writer. And let's get to our super chat from our guy, Jaxo. Um, it's a four ninety nine one. one. Shout out to Jaxo for, you, Jackso. Uh, for rolling it in here. Uh, I think Cease will win the Cy Young and Han will make a big splash at the tread deadline. Also, uh, can we catch the Twins if we win a 10? Uh, if they win a ton, they'll definitely catch the Twins. Um, we talked about it. We think that it's setting up for a prime matchup for the Sox and Twins in the uh, final nine games of the season. The Sox and Twins play each other six times in the last nine nine games I think so I mean Cease is putting himself in that contention we'll talk about how he de- did it today but uh, I really don't think teams that haven't seen his slider are going to be able to have success against him so I think Cy Young is definitely in Dylan Cease's future at least top three right now um, and if you go to the points bet app right now I'm not sure where he is but if he is anything outside of the top three in Cy Young odds go and take that right now the best way to support CHGO is to download the points bet app and use code CHGO when you sign up if you do that right now you get two or three bets up to two thousand dollars that's not it if you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's $2,000 in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free t-shirt from the CHGO Locker, all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. And in case you missed it, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sportsbook easier than ever, so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, 
don't just bet. Live your life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And let's go to the idea of Jaxo bringing up big deals here. Um, do you think that Rick Hahn will make a big deal here? We talked about this a little bit on the trade deadline. I don't think it's going to happen just because I don't think the Sox have those prospects to deal from, but maybe they surprise us. No, I don't think they have a big deal in them. I don't know if they even have minor deals. They might just say, hey, we're getting Luis Robert back. Hey, we're getting good Aloy back. We're getting Yasmani and Yoan back. Those are as good as deadline acquisitions you're going to see on the market right now. So, yeah, I mean, if you could see that the team is – underperforming and that hey we're gonna be good on the other side of this I would be mad that he just sat stand pat because it's not about winning the AL Central it's about competing for a World Series and they're nowhere near that so I can see him doing that and I'll be mad on Tuesday when we do the show and if they don't have a deal there because who did they replace like like which major league baseball player did they replace on this team to give another team, another player who's on a different team more starting time. Like, right field is a, a glaring weakness right there, but who are they going to trade away to get a solid right fielder? I see the Brandon Jury hit his 20th home run for the Cincinnati Reds this year. He can maybe play second base for us, but I like what Josh Harrison's been doing as of late. That's fine. I would like more of a starting pitcher, a little more depth for starting pitching, and then a, another lefty reliever or a left-handed power bat would be my druthers. And I don't think the White Sox have enough or and or the desire to get either of those two uh, positions. So one interesting rumor that I heard, this one's from Cap uh, of ESPN 1000. Uh, he David men- Kaplan? D- David Kaplan. Oh, uh, he mentioned the White Sox were in on a big reliever, a big high leverage reliever. Um, and it felt, I don't know if this this is not what Mr. Cap said, uh, but it felt felt like it possibly might have even been Josh Hatery. Oh. Um, like it, it feels like I really don't know what the White Sox are going to do this trade deadline. I, mean, I, I, I would, I'm going to be surprised, I feel. Because it feels like they should have been in on Peralta. It yes. feels like they should have been in on Benetendi. I want to say Benetti. <laughs> Benetendi. Um, and it feels like they should have been in on Naquin, right? Mm-hmm. I think they were in on them, but they didn't end up making the deals. I don't know if they're going to go out and get a left-handed bat. seems like they like Gavin Sheets a lot. It feels like they are definitely looking pitching. It feels like they might make a huge splash in the reliever market, which I will honestly be pissed off again. I don't really get the thought process. You just saw Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman, and Liam Hendricks work. I feel like you need more of a guy that can pitch the fifth or sixth inning because they don't have that. Again, it's all for me about improving depth. I think Brandon Jury would be improving depth because he gets Leary Garcia off the team, Mm. right? That's improving depth. He can play third base. He can play second base. He can play shortstop just like Leary Garcia. Leary Garcia isn't even hitting 20 homers in a season. Brandon Jury's already done that, right? That's improving the depth right there. I think improving the depth of Tanner Banks and stuff like that that's where this team needs to get better. I feel like they're making too much of a splash. They're going to try to make too big of a splash, and I, I just don't think it's enough. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried that this team is too reliant on their top-end talent, and I don't think that they can really be allowed to thrive unless the bottom end of this roster is being pushed up. But, yeah. hey, we see on Saturday, Gavin Sheets wins them a game. Aloy Jimenez, who's batting six, wins them a game tonight. You know, I don't know. Maybe and, I'm wrong. And to answer the second part of Jackson's uh, Super Chat, the Minnesota Twins, I think, will be caught. Right now, currently, as we tape this episode, they are up 2-1 to one versus the San Diego Padres. Bottom of the six with the Padres having runners at first and third one out. So, yeah, they're going to be caught. I don't, I don't fear the Minnesota Twins as far as the White Sox. More, I'm looking at the Guardians and how they can throw the ball well. Today, they had a bullpen game, and they won. They won a game in Tampa versus Rue McClanahan, Shea McClanahan, and they got... Got a couple of hits off of him, like four on runs, I think, off of him. And they won that game 5-3. to three. So I'm scared of that team because they can hit. They can put bats a ball at a higher rate than most teams can do. And their closer is Ooh. the best. Yeah. He's filthy. Like Amanda with Classe, whenever he comes in, I'm like, it's, it's been real. It's been real, real uh, good job uh, by our team. I think we're going to lose this game. I'm not scared of Gregory Soto when he comes in for Detroit or whoever, Josh Stalmont and the, whatever the Royals throw out there. Scott Barlow. Scott Barlow. Her guy. I'm, I'm not scared of that. I'm not scared of the Minnesota Twins closer. You're not scared of Gregory Soto, even though they might acquire him. 
Exactly. But whenever Class A comes in, I'm like, all right, it's been real. The Guardians got a good dub right there. So they have a team that is scary because they have all the ingredients. And if they ever wanted to just put a little bit money, more money in there, they can do it right now in this trade deadline and make this AL Central uh, very, very competitive and then run away from the White Sox and the Twins because they have the talent. But there's rumors the team that's above the White Sox in the fucking standings the team that's possibly one and a half games back out is still shopping some of their pitching. They're still apparently shopping Zach Plezak. So yeah. this isn't even a team that is going to be a buyer. The White Sox might be the most aggressive team in the AL Central from a buying standpoint, and they still might not win this AL Central. We have a tie ball game out there in San Diego. Mm, yes. The great Jace, Jace Cronenworth got a single to drive in a run. We're 2-2 in the bottom of the six. So if Go Padres. The Sox win this game. The Cleveland Guardians will be one game back of the Minnesota Twins, and the White Sox will be two games back of the Minnesota Twins. So they have not weird lost a series, or they've lost one series Indeed, uh, since the July. Minnesota Twins. Um, but they've, they're only one game above 500 uh, <laughs> with that. So uh, not, And, not and that tells you how bad the AL Central is. Mm-hmm. The White Sox are just been winning series but only one game over 500 i mean for the month of july they're a couple games over 500 so they've done this is another winning month for them i think they're third of mm-hmm. the five but you know they're not hitting their stride where they're winning more much more games than uh they lose this and, is the month to do it and still socks would be 35 and 45 if dylan cease wasn't on this roster so, uh, or if he wasn't making those starts, uh, if you just take out Dylan Cease's starts, Sox are 35 and 45. So thank God Dylan Cease is on the team. Let's look at his pitch mix real quick. And let's just talk about Aller uh, uh, real quick. Um, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, he's, he's, he's real bad. Uh, but Cease, uh, let's go to the Cease one first. I'm sorry. Uh, Cease threw 63% sliders today. Um, Vinny mentioned that a little bit. Uh, just the fact that he is just going up there and he's just throwing whatever he feels like. Um, and, and he's just got that confidence in his pitches. He's got confidence in his stuff. That fastball is really get great. But when Ramon Laureano is just guessing on an OO count that it's coming, why even throw it to him? Uh, Dylan Cease on a slider day, 28 swings, 12 whiffs. That's incredible. 43% whiff rate on a slider, throwing it 63% of the time. That just shows you how dominant that pitch is and, and why he is really being carried to this level. Um, six called strikes on his slider as well, so 18 called strikes, strikes plus whiffs on his sliders alone. 31% called strikes plus whiff percent on his slider. Again, this is an elite pitch. This yeah. is an elite pitch. All these numbers say elite, 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 elite. These guys haven't seen this pitch. They don't know what game plan to have against Cease really feels like it's pointing towards Cy Young stuff. Um, the curveball looked nice as well in spots as well, um, but it's just really about fastball command. He can be better. Um, he only threw 61% yeah. strikes today. If that fastball is a little bit better, if he has that command just a little bit tighter, this might be seven innings, 10 strikeouts, easy. I mean, like, he really had a fantastic game. If things are tweaked and if things are perfected, he's unhittable. I just want to know what pitcher throws almost three times as many sliders as fastballs. That's just dumb. Like, if you do have that, and that's what I love about Dylan Cease, he doesn't just hold that slider back for a a two-strike wipeout pitch. He uses it in any count, at any time, top, bottom. Mostly it's on the – to a right-hander, it's on the outside corner in the dirt. But we saw a couple times with the slider, he left it up in the uh, zone. I don't know on purpose or not, but whatever Dylan Cease does, I will say it was on purpose, and guys were swinging right through that thing. So, yeah, three times as much as using a slider than his fastball. tells you a thing, and his fastball is 98-plus. I mean, that's just – Right. That's just dumb. It's it just dumb. really dumb. And I love that Sebi's like, it's working. It's right. moving. They're not hitting it. No one can hit this. Let's keep on doing it. Well, slider, I, slider, I, slider. You I know, don't, some catchers and some pitchers are like, yeah, I want to save this. Or, hey, I haven't got paid. Maybe I'll uh, save a little wear and tear on my uh, elbow by not throwing as many sliders. He's like, oh, fuck it. I'm out of here. I'm pitching. Let's <laughs> battle. Right. And, uh, too, it's it's interesting just because, you know, he, he had that stat that compared him to 2021 DeGrom. Um, he doesn't have exactly the velocity that DeGrom has, but it is just interesting. DeGrom is so heavy on that fastball and slider. He gets it up to, like, 102 consistently. Cease gets it to around 98. Uh, DeGrom can get that slider up to, like, 92. Cease only gets it up to 89. So maybe that's where he saves a little bit of that health on the elbow, not throwing that fast, not being able to put uh, – all of it on there. Uh, so it is good to see that uh, Dylan's able to be dominant. Breaking that, news. Um, way. 
Luke Voigt, RBI single. Three Ooh, to two. Yes. San Diego Padres. Another note. Um, this one's from Scott Merkin. Side note, Luis Robert was in the White Sox clubhouse postgame. Uh, I asked Vinny if he saw him. He said he did not, and it must have been while he was tweeting the Moss jersey pick. So we asked about Luis Robert, and uh, he's in. He's on the south side. If he's here already, he's not going back to Charlotte. He feels enough well enough to play mm. or to do something. I don't know if he's going to play on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, but you're coming back up from Charlotte to be in the White Sox clubhouse tells me you're feeling good enough and there's no reason to be in, well, they were in Nashville, so it's a short trip there. So maybe he just comes up real quick to say what's up and bounce back out to wherever Charlotte's going, but I think that would be just not very efficient. No, Wasting gas in this time of, uh, in this economy, Luis? Wasting gas? I'm scared, honestly, just because Vinny was like, "Eh, well, it feels like he probably needs more time down in Charlotte, so the fact that he is up here might mean that he is getting more tests. I mean, they weren't able to test him out in Minnesota. Was that when he was he was struggling? He no. he, he had he started dealing with the lightheadedness and blurriness in Minnesota. They were waiting to for him to get back to Chicago to test him during the All Star uh, week. So the fact that he's back in Chicago, only making one appearance, having those cold symptoms, I'm concerned. Uh, I know you're not. You, you feel like hey, maybe he's he's here, ready to go. Um, and you do mention they're at Nashville and close. They will be going to Charlotte uh, on Tuesday. They have a day off on Monday, so maybe that plays into it, right? Yeah. So um, I I immediately get worried, but we'll see what happens. We don't have enough info just yet. Just that Luis Robert was seen in the White Sox clubhouse tonight. We got one more final super chat from our guy Jaxo saying everyone in baseball. Knows the Central is bad. That's why no one takes any team seriously out of the Central, and that's why I don't take the White Sox seriously because uh, they're a joke of a franchise. 51-50, and 50, uh, we sit here heading into August where the White Sox are in third place of the joke of a Central. Uh, and, uh, Herb, we said August 12th, and you said August 22nd. Correct. So we'll see if it is a great 12 days for the White Sox here, uh, if they have a good 22 days, or if it's another month where the White Sox are not able to take advantage of the week schedule and jump up to first place. But we will see, and we will be here with you for the full run all the way to September and hopefully extending into later October. We never establish what the bet is, what is going to happen to the other person if they lose. Um I don't know if we're going to let it happen with the Discord or people on the chat line. I had a suggestion, but, you know, I think it'll be not that punitive. For me, if we shave our heads, it's not that punitive. I wear hats all the time. I need to get a haircut. You know, I wouldn't be that. It's got to be something where the other guy gets some punishment and or the person who wins gets a reward. So we need to set that. If you guys have any suggestions... Go in our Discord. And, and people and, who are part of the Discord, go to the Discord and tell us what the bet should be between Sean and I where we're uh, going for the White Sox taking <laughs> over first place in the AL Central. Sean says August 12th. I say August 22nd. It's a 12-day countdown, and we got some time in the middle to see who uh, who had the closer date. But uh, we will wait and see, and I think that's a great idea. So head over to the CHGO Lounge if you are a member. And if you're not a member, head over to allchgo.com to sign up and become a member. That's where you can read Vinny Duber's great work and great articles. They were unlocked for members, so go become a member there. You get a free T-shirt when you sign up as well, and you get access into the CHGO Discord. So it is a fantastic, fantastic deal. And our guy, Safe Ferris, said since the Sox won by three, he's getting a Southside Bias T-shirt. Let's go, so my man. Go. So shout out to Safe Ferris, and uh, be like Safe Ferris. Be a CHGO member. Go to allchgo.com and get yourself some sweet swag. Thank you to Vinny Duber for joining us from Guaranteed Rate Field. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. That's Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining me, sir. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you to Steven Nicholas for his production today. And thank you to Fleetwood Mac for their 1979 album, Tusk. We'll talk to you tomorrow when the White Sox start their three-game series against the Kansas City Royals as they start the month of August. Go White Sox.